3: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: He is one of our champions, one of our favourites. We love championing our champions. It's fair to say our guy, Paul Cole, is having an absolute amazing year. On the PSA World Circuit, he put in a, another impressive effort over the weekend, falling just shy in the Qatar Classic Final to his good mate, Diego Elias. We've tracked Paul down this morning. He's been have, kind enough of to join us, and Baz is back as well, Paul. So you got both of us. Good morning, Paul.
0: Morning, Paul. Good, boys. good to have you back, Baz. Oh, it's good nice to have Baz back, there. mate. <laughs> hey, how you going, brother? Yeah, not bad, thanks, man. Not bad. Um, just got back uh, back home yesterday, so back from Qatar, so not too bad, thanks, man. A little bit tired, but uh, getting a few beverages down tonight, so um, fixing the fixing the jet lag.
3: Qatar hey, yo, I wasn't too far us. away from you, actually, over there, bro. I was uh, I was in Dubai, so I was in Abu Dhabi and then Dubai. You know, it's pretty warm over there at the moment, isn't
0: it? You know what, mate? You're on my TV all week. We had the DM uh, Sport and I was watching the. Uh, I, was, I was catching up on the cricket, mate. Yeah, she's she was forty-one degrees a, in Qatar when I was there. It was uh, quite toasty.
3: Yeah. So, who did you want to win the IPL final then, flem or, or or Baz? <laughs>
0: nah, Baz all day, all day. <laughs> yeah. He does. brother.
3: shout out, brother. We'll get you a roll over there too if you can fit it in
0: amongst all your all your successes. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got to try and sort out the old finals, don't we? Second place is yeah. going to get them out that, of the. Uh... <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mate, you're a, you're a born winner. You yeah, you win everything, so it's yeah, okay man. to win. It's okay to run second every now and then.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this is a this is a tough one though. It was um, you know, it was a, sort of the first final that I was probably expected to win. So um, there's just a little bit more pressure, and it sort of. It hurt a little bit more when when you lost. You know, it was just a, it was a different vibe all week. Um, I was one of the top seeds rather than mm. sort of you know one of the challenges, so it was a little bit different vibe in the the camp all week. But um, you know, I was, I was still pretty proud to make the final because I was actually feeling a bit of pressure all week. So um, it's a bit you know new stage in my career and enjoyed the challenge. And um, unfortunately didn't get the win, but you know I was pretty happy with the performances to be honest.
2: Hey bro, let's talk about your performance. You, you you are playing some consistent squash, like you've been there and there about, semi-final, final, you, you know, you just haven't got over the line, but that's okay, you're still playing consistently. What can you put that down to, bud?
0: Yeah, I think that's something I've I, I always wanted in my career, to be honest. Um, you know, just training yeah. hard every day um, and just priding on, you know, turning up and, and giving 100% every time. It's, actually something I wanted to, to achieve in my career and not just sort of, you know, win one tournament then drop off the face for three months. It was sort of, I just wanted to be, you know, um, consistently performing to my ranking or better every week. So I think it's just, you know, training hard every day and just getting that mindset sorted. Um, I think it's, you know, growing up in New Zealand, I think it's something that we, 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 we're lucky enough to sort of have taught to us um, mm-hmm. at an early age. So that's something that I sort of focus on in my career to, to just to be consistent and, and try. and. I think that's one good way to get to the top. It's just consistently turning up every week and, and trying hard.
2: Well, what was, was there a bit of banter out there? I know Diego Elias is one of your good mates. He's probably one of your favourite players on the tour. So you got that relationship, but was it still pretty tense? And we we getting into him. Were you throwing some chat out like you throw out to the other blokes out there? Especially the Egyptians.
0: <laughs> it's funny bro. Yeah. It's funny. Funny when you're playing your mate, you sort of you know exactly what each other's doing, you know, so we sort of like get our body in the way and, and block him from getting the ball and he sort of, you know, gives you a bit more stick, but it's all a bit more friendly, so it's always a bit more fun. Yeah. But um it's definitely a weird one, you know, both competing for something that we really want and uh we're trying not to be too much of a you know, we're still trying to be nice to each other but we're also still trying to kill each other on court, so um, it's pretty fun though to be honest it's sort of you know got that little mental mental mind game going on um, but yeah there's definitely a, a different vibe on there
3: Have you been able to sit back and have a couple of beers with Diego after the, after the match?
0: Um, yeah we had a couple um, the night of guitar um, but it was <laughs> I'm not going to lie it was pretty hard to, uh, to face him after that because I was pretty gutted and he was obviously celebrating with all his Caribbean fan oh. so um, it wasn't the nicest atmosphere for me to be in but yeah <laughs> have, having have a few yeah. beers tonight was uh you know by myself <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh good man and what's coming up next mate you've obviously had a, a pretty arduous schedule over the last little while very successful one but
0: but what's up next yeah it's been tough man we've had a lot of uh different time zones as well which you know you, you guys know yourself it's hard to sort of keep the body energized um but we're sort of um in in europe for the rest of the year um so i'm, I'm heading off to london in two weeks to play one of my favorite tournaments there um in in, in london they sort of put a put a glass court on around canary warfare so it's always a real good atmosphere um obviously the middle of london it's pretty it goes off pretty well they sell out you know um every year so playing them a couple of weeks and then um, we've got one in egypt and end of the year in December, and then maybe we're still waiting on sort of COVID approval, but we might be going to Malaysia for the World Team to represent New Zealand. So that will also happen in December, um, as long as, you know, sort of the COVID protocols allow it. So that'll be, that's always a good time, you know, um, seeing the brothers and, and wearing the fern.
2: May tell us about your, your eating all on tour. I know you had a terrible time eating tomato pasta. I think <laughs> it was in Egypt or somewhere like that. And then now you've been in Qatar. And Baz was in um, Dubai. He reckons he got the most expensive chicken temp- or chicken, <laughs> what was it? Chicken course that you had, mate. It was about eighty bucks NZ or something. What was the food yeah, like in Qatar, mate? You eating pretty well?
0: Yeah, unfortunately the uh, PSA is not quite the IPL, but um, yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I was having I was having a lot of I was having a lot of tomato pasta there as well. But this is actually our first tournament that we didn't have any restrictions due to COVID, so. Um, We could get out, so I was smashing a bit of Nando's at the shopping mall just down the road. So it was actually nice. We sort of didn't have any restrictions and we could live a bit of normal life, you know. So um, it was actually an enjoyable tournament to be a part of, finally, after 12 months of just living in our rooms and and going to the squash courts.
3: Well, try and make sure you enjoy yourself over there as well, bro, because I've just got back, obviously, I'm I'm in quarantine. Here's what I've got for breakfast this morning. There's a, a vegan Benedict wilted greens, mushrooms, fresh fruit, <laughs> juice and cupcake but it's being delivered to my room between 8 and 10am so there's no need to rush back if you if you've got some good tucker over there my brother
0: yeah you're definitely not selling it to me that's for sure
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is a crazy place though eh Qatar like just a, a bizarre there's so much opulence and wealth and, and they get right in behind their squash over there bro
0: yeah it's an interesting country man they're actually just doing up um well they're just spending millions because they got the FIFA World Cup there at the end of next year so um, they're basically reconstructing the whole city sort of every every road under construction um, they're building new parks just for this one World cup you know but they do they do look after the players you know super well i'll give them credit for that It's probably the number one tournament on tour where they actually treat the players um, really well you know we had a suite every we mm. had a suite you know, most of the players all top seeds had a suite. We had our own drivers to the courts and stuff. So um, credit to them; they do look after us. But it's a it's a different world over there for sure. It's a, definitely an interesting one to be a part of.
2: Mate, hey, what well, we spoke to you last time, and we we always ask the question, and Baz just touched on MIQ. We need coming home to have two weeks in MIQ, probably free because no one pays for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to get on the waiting list, but it's. Uh, I don't quite have the pool that Baz though. So I was hoping we could room share or something, but I didn't get the invite, mate. Oh, <laughs> bears, well, uh, if I had to know on that, yeah, and... yeah, can that. you give them a few that tips how been...
2: to get a little spot, Baz?
3: Mate, some are just born lucky. They say it's better to be born lucky than born rich. <laughs> Maybe I was just born lucky. <laughs> but I've just seen, I just see that you might not, there's, there's something going on, like they're talking that you might not even have to um, a quarantine when you come home if you double vax at some stage. so... That would be the go for you, wouldn't it? Just get
0: home and go straight to straight yeah. to home. Hundred percent. That's what I'm sort of keeping an eye on because we also I also don't really have until probably, you know, next uh more well, New Zealand winter I don't really have two weeks to spare anyway between tournaments. because um, the tournaments are the schedule's getting quite busy, so I'm praying for that to happen, you know, the old benefit for the vaccinated, um, which I think mm. it's sounding pretty promising, but yeah, probably not till next year, so I'm um, hoping the start of next year I can sort of jump home for a couple of weeks and and see the farm now. Nice,
2: nice, nice, poor Cole mate. We're we're very proud of you here, mate. I know you're going to get over the line soon, in your next tournament coming up, mate. We're, we'll be watching you with interest. You're our big, we're your biggest supporter here on Bears and Izzy for breakfast, mate. So keep up the great work, and we'll chat soon, eh?
0: Pleasure, man. Thanks for the phone call, boys. See you about. Awesome. There
3: you
2: go. There you go. That's poor Cole. He's a champion, mate. He's he's obviously uh, living a different old life over there with the PA, PSA compared to the IPL, mate. What was the food like in Dubai uh, Bears? You touched on it a little bit. Mate, was it pretty good?
3: It's just just quietly. He's doing all right, too. Don't worry about that, okay? He's 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 sort of trying to throw me under the bus a little bit there. I think he's doing just fine. <laughs> a sweet in Qatar. You, you imagine how good that room is? It would be like unbelievable. So now he's doing great things, isn't he? And we're uh, we are very proud of him. You're right. We're his biggest fans on Baz Nizzy for breakfast too. And just the fact that he's always giving of his time and and he's obviously dominant in in his sport. But he's just such a Kiwi too. You can hear it in his voice how proud he is to be a Kiwi and, and doing what he's doing on the world stage. So gee, we're lucky. We're lucky to call him uh, call him one of our own, aren't we? As
2: yeah, we are, mate. We are. So I just follow. I follow him on Insta, mate. And you see how hard he works. He's constantly training, putting a lot of effort on the rowing machine, and mate, because you've you played a bit of squash. It's pretty taxing, eh? Pretty taxing on the body.
3: Yeah, but he's a knock knock about bloke too, though. A couple of beers after to, mm. to celebrate or commiserate. So that's maybe that's why yeah. he, he really resonates with me as well. But he does <laughs> work hard. Squashes. Oh, it is difficult, eh? Like. It's good. Yeah. Good chance to strip off a bit of weight, actually, on the squash quarters. You won't be doing oh, much squash maybe. at the moment, though, with your busted leg. How's your leg?
2: Oh, my leg, mate. Yeah, so you left and I broke my leg, mate. So I've been in a cast for the whole time you've been away. But I'm in a moon boot now. So I'm in a moon boot. I'm walking around. I can I can actually walk on it. I've taken the moon boot off now, and I can actually put weight on it and move. I just, I've just, i just lost so much weight. Um, Not weight. I wish I lost heaps of weight. I've lost so much muscle around my leg, it's just really, really weak. So I've just got to build it up with a bit of rehab. So calf raises, um, you know, just ankle movements, just building up the muscle. It's pretty um, pretty weak at the moment, mate. mate. But it's getting there. I'll tell you what, I'm never jumping on a motorbike again, tell you.
3: So do you actually do rehab? Like I know I always went to the physios and they just said, you yeah, do this, do that. I never did it. It was like, there's no way I'm... <laughs> sitting there doing calf raises you don't go to the gym to do a
2: calf raise do you um look i will i will because like this when you obviously when you come back from an injury with car with a cast on it you've just your your leg has just been inactive for about seven weeks if i go out there and i try and move or try and just move really quick i might pull an achilles mate and then that's another five months in surgery if you if you tear your achilles and and things like that. So I'll probably I'll do I just do like I'm just sitting here. I'll just do like a little calf raise and only five, and I'm bloody naked already. So yeah, but uh, is it going to yeah, be okay I'll, for a golf day, trip? Mate. Is it wow, going to be okay? Baz, for that's a that's that's the thing, bears. I'm a bit. I'll, I might be on the drinks cart, mate, because I'm in this moon boot for another four weeks, and then I'm, um, and then I'm out, and then I'm out of it, and I haven't swung a club, mate. I'll imagine that. I'll be her, I'll be so, horrendous.
3: Yeah, this same tournament, though, that we're talking about, this is Flem's golf tournament, the donk, and a few years ago I had a broken arm, and I had my arm in cast, so I actually played the tournament with one arm. So there's no real yeah. excuses for you not to play just because you've got a little bit of a stiff kind of boon boot issue thing going on there, bro. We'll just try and get you a few <laughs> more shots. What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I need a few more shots, mate. I'm not def- I'm not off a of five. I'm not off a of five at the moment anyway, mate, but... We'll come back. We'll come back. We've got a caller for you, Bears. A favourite moment. We've got Zaid waiting for us. We'll go to a quick break. You'll listening to Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Zaid coming up. <laughs> Unreal. Love what he's about. Mental health is a topic we've focused on a lot over the past few months. Someone who amplifies passion for spreading the word around mental health is Matt Wallbank. You might remember Matt from when we spoke to him over a month ago, prior to him undertaking the mammoth task of running. Six hundred and fifty-four kilometers in a month to raise money for I Am Hope New Zealand. The month is nearly up, so we've got him on the back on the show to to get a little progress update, mate. Good morning, Matt.
1: Uh, morning, boys, morning, boys. How are you? I'm
2: mm-hmm. going good. good. How are you? How are you going, Matt? Where, where yeah. are we at?
1: <laughs> I'm in I'm in Hamilton. Um, we've, we've we've obviously been locked down the last sort of yeah. three weeks now, I guess. So it's been interesting, but we're uh, keeping it moving and we've got 30 k's to go, so it's been quite good, actually.
2: Mate, are you are, you, are you still chogging along pretty quick? Are you getting through the kilometres nice and easy or has it become, has it become a bit of a uh, drag? Are you crawling your way through it, to the finish line or what?
1: Uh, it's, it's definitely slowed a bit, but we're still, still managing to run them and keeping it sort of like just under 5-minute k's, so still still moving okay oh, just nice. find find finding a way to get it done i guess it's been quite good i managed to um, pump out some big days over the last week like i think i think i ran 200k last week so sort of managed wow. to front load it so now now i can just cruise at home and hopefully be done tomorrow so you've been trying to run away from hamilton or or you've been running
3: around hamilton <laughs> <laughs> just joking <laughs> 954 yeah. we love you in hamilton
1: nah exactly exactly there's been some kind souls watching me run past in the last sort of few months i think they probably imagine i'm going a bit nuts especially there's a few building sites down the road from where i'm staying and i see them three three times a day going out for my run i think they must be wondering what's going on
3: (laughs) is it is it real demanding mate like i can't imagine running that fast 654 yeah. kilometers i couldn't imagine
1: i think doing that the, the the first the first week was really hard like i i thought i was cooked after yeah. the first week um just like your, your body's just not used to it um probably ran a little bit too quick the first week um but yeah it, sort of, it just sort of locks into gear and then sort of just being in zombie zombie mode every time i run now just banging podcasts and um, yeah, trying not to run too fast is probably the, been the key.
2: <laughs> and how's the support been met? How's the support being been around the Hamilton, you know, support base from from trying to raise some money for I am hope? Has the support been good, mate?
1: Yeah, it's been really good. We've I've had so many people reaching out and had some really cool messages and pe- people who are actually awesome. being really open with sharing their own experiences, sharing even people who know people who are part of that 654 um the 654 people who committed suicide last year so that's been i I guess a big motivating factor and from a financial standpoint we've we've got uh nearly ten thousand dollars with with a bit more to come so that's been really cool as well um but no it's been it's been really cool how open people have been willing to be and um definitely makes a difference when you're struggling on those runs that you know you're Doing something that that potentially could make a difference. So how how do people make contribution, Matt?
3: What do they do? How do they? Go yeah, through so the process?
1: we're still the the give a little page is still open until I I believe it closes the first of November, um, which can be accessed through my uh, my Instagram, and I think there's, it's the link seems to be flying round like if you just Google October six hundred fifty four kilometers Matt Warbank it should. It should come up, I'd imagine. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's probably been the key, and it's been nice because I, I managed to call my way back to mum and dad for the, for the lockdown, so I've managed to hoe down mum's, cook, mum's cooking every night and it's managed to keep me going, and it's been good. It's been really good. Uh, great. Nice. Well,
2: we're going to chuck that up on our, our Twitter page, mate, where you can donate to help the cause and uh, love what you're about, mate. What's your biggest... What's your biggest learning through this, mate, that maybe could potentially help someone um, that is probably doing it tough? Because I know you would have been in some dark places on those runs. Uh, we've all been to a dark yeah. place, and it's it's pretty tough to get through it.
1: Yeah, for sure. I guess it's the the biggest thing I've sort of figured out is that um, running's probably is a little bit like those tough times. You know, like, you have a tough... It's really weird, like, moves in kilometres, like... You might have two tough kilometers and then all of a sudden you snap into gear and it gets easier and it's probably a good little metaphor for life really. You sort of if you can get through those little hard patches of the run of life then um it definitely makes it a lot easier to get through the next bit. It just gets easier and it just goes in circles, you know? Getting through those hard bits gives you those easy bits and sort of earn them, I guess. Oh. Oh, nice,
2: mate. I saw your Insta page today. You're at about six twenty, so only about thirty to go. Yep. You have got six days. Well, yeah. are you just gonna cruise back, cruise the next couple of days, little little recovery run yeah. every day, or are you just gonna whip I, it out in one I day?
1: Think, oh, I think <laughs> I'm bang out another maybe twenty today, and then and then just cruise through the ten oh. tomorrow and be done nice and nice and early and have a few beers. I think. Nice,
2: oh. Oh, mate. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome, man. Yeah. Love your work, bro. <laughs> Raising awareness for suicides, it's uh it's a horrible stat, to be honest. It's a horrible stat, and that's why we appreciate all that you're doing, man, and um good work. We'll we'll chuck that up on our Twitter page so people can go along and, and donate. Make sure you head to Baz and Izzy Twitter page and you can help Matt Wallbank out and his uh, progress towards six fifty four, brother. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Thank Matt. you. I appreciate your support. Good man.
2: There you go. Matt Allbank, uh Bears pretty special, mate, um, to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, raising money for suicides, it's uh, it's a horrible, horrible statistic, mate.
3: Yeah, it is. It is, bro. But it's, it's amazing what he's talking about there, eh? Like, just times where you've got to do the small things which sort of help out the big mm. things. So, look, he's, he's doing an amazing yep. thing and good on him. 654Ks. It's a few too many for me, boss.
2: Yeah, a few too many for me as well, mate. Look, we'll be back soon. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. <laughs> Louis is a big baseball fan, so it's time. He's on. He's waiting for us on the on the line. We'll get to him. It's a busy time in the world of sports, especially over in the US with the NBA, NFL, MLB all in full swing. On Sunday, the Atlanta Braves overcame the LA Dodgers to punch their ticket to the World Series, where they will face Houston Astros. Michael J. Duarte. Uh, is a gun sports reporter for NBC LA, and he's got all the ore across all of the major sports. He's fresh off the plane from Atlanta with us now. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Michael. It's, it's morning here, but it's probably afternoon where you are. How are you?
4: Yeah, it's like late morning, early afternoon here. I'm doing great, guys. It's uh, a rare rainy day in Los Angeles, so I left Atlanta with nice sunshine and came home to rain, so I wasn't expecting that, but everything else is,
5: is dandy. <laughs>
2: Nice, nice. Let's, let's talk some baseball. Let's talk some baseball, mate. Uh, the Atlanta Braves giving one to the Dodgers. Will Dodgers be happy with their season? Obviously, reigning champions from last year, they would have hoped to go on back-to-back. What was your take from that series, mate?
4: Yeah, I think to answer the first part of your question, mate, at the end of the day, they didn't achieve their goal. And their goal was mm. to be the first team to win back-to-back World Series since the New York Yankees did it in 2000. And uh, they weren't able to accomplish that goal. But when the sting from this loss to the Braves subsides, which may take a few days or so, uh, maybe weeks for some of these guys, but when it inevitably subsides, and they look back at this season and they see all the injuries that happened, all the obstacles they had to come. Obviously, the Trevor Bauer situation was, was, a, was, a, was a doozy there that they had to overcome. Uh, when they mm. see that, when they see that they played all the way, played very hard all the way through September, won their last 16 games at home, 12 of their last 14 games to try to win the division. Then they end up winning the wild card. In a walk-off win. They end up beating their rival Giants in a five-game series. It's probably one of the best five-game series I've seen uh, in a long, long time. All the way to go two wins short of the World Series. They'll look back on it with some pride uh, and know that they gave it their best, know that they fought till the very end. Uh, They'll be disappointed by the results, obviously. But they will look back at the season fondly because it is such a marathon in baseball. I'm telling you guys, it is such a a (laughs) eight to nine month grind from spring training on. So uh, it's hard to look back at finishing basically third place uh, and and being disappointed with that.
2: Yeah, it is a marathon season and you can't predict sides to, to who's going to be there at the World Series, but you got the Houston Astros and you got the Atlanta Braves. They're there. They're playing for the World Series. Start of the season, were they even in the picture for yourself?
4: Yeah, I would say both teams were definitely in the picture. In fact, I think the early favorites to play in the World Series were the Astros and the Dodgers. Every now and then, the Yankees would kind of sneak in there. Uh, Sometimes uh, the Giants, as things got later on, or the Padres sometimes would sneak into the conversation. But for the most part, the Dodgers and the Astros were the two teams that we thought would would be uh, in the World Series. Even when the postseason started, we still thought somehow, some way, those two teams would find a way to play each other in a rematch of the 2017 World Series. But instead, what we have on our hands, guys, is something that is not normal in today's day and age of baseball. And what I'm talking about is the day of uh analytics saber metrics crunching numbers data statistics this is how we find out who wins the game who gives us the best odds right that's that's how it's been in the last few years and the 2020 world series between the dodgers and rays was two examples of two teams that are ahead of their time they crunch numbers they are not afraid to go outside the box as you see the rays like to throw uh an opener first so you know, as you know, with a guy like Liam Hendricks, you know, he likes to go out there and close the games. But these two teams, the Dodgers and the, the Rays, like to throw him out there as an opener first, to open the game, to throw the first inning. So what we have here with the Braves and Astros is the complete opposite of that, the complete antithesis of that. Mm-hmm. You have two, two managers in Dusty Baker on the Houston Astros and Brian Snitker on the Braves who are old school baseball. They've been around for 50 years in the game. They don't care about the numbers, the data, the analytics. They go with their gut. They go with the feel. They go with what their eyes tell them. So it's completely a different side of baseball than we've seen. It's going to be more traditional baseball. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this series. And I'm hoping personally, especially after seeing them over the last couple weeks here, that the Braves end up winning and and taking it all and becoming the champions and winning for the first time since 1995. Wow, we Michael.
3: I, I cut my teeth playing a sport called cricket, which outside of America you don't have a huge amount of um, probably understanding for. But just you, what you do have tremendous understanding is is franchise sport and 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 privately owned sport. Overnight, there's a tournament called the Indian Premier League where they sold two teams just recently, and they one was for nine hundred and fifty million, and the other for six hundred something million. Where would that put them? In comparison to some of, say, um, the biggest sporting franchises in American sport.
4: Well, what about the T Twenty World Cup? I think that's going on right now, guys. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it is.
4: Is.
3: So that's the same. <laughs> and then the also we had, the, we, had the, we had
4: the we had, yeah, we had the cricket championships at Dodger Stadium just a few years ago. So don't don't think I don't know about cricket. But um, <laughs> on the same page as far as the, the money is concerned, I mean. Nothing Nothing comes close to, like, some of these Premier League, uh, Spanish League, uh, and even, like, the French League or Italian League soccer, Serie A uh, or uh Those Those teams, the kind of money they spend on players is just mind-boggling when you look at the grand global international scope of it all. But outside of that, I would say baseball has the biggest salary cap more than NFL, more than a football team, more than a basketball team, which we are used to guys like LeBron James making 30, 40 million a season, but baseball doesn't have a salary cap. So you have a team like the Los Angeles Dodgers who had the highest payroll in baseball this year at about 250 million. That's how much all of their players on their roster combined made 250 million. And of course, Trevor Bauer, uh, a pitcher who they signed in the offseason to the largest annual average value contract, over $40 million for this one season. He didn't even end up playing for half the season because of off-the-field issues. So, yeah, that, that's to give you guys an example. But for the Dodgers, they have about half of that money coming off the books this year. So they're going to need to be spending about $100 million in the offseason on players, and it'll be interesting to see where they decide to divvy up that money.
5: Yeah,
2: man, that's huge money, and then you spoke about the LA Dodgers, and I want to ask you, because he's the reason why I supported Anaheim Angels, Albert Pujols, Albert Pujols, is he done, is it over for him, Where do you, what do you see, see happening with Albert?
4: Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned him and that you like him, we call him Tio Alberto here in Los Angeles, I mean, <laughs> Uncle Albert, uh, he is yeah. just this warm, cuddly, great presence, you know, if you, had told, if you had called me, we'd done this show six months ago, I would have told you, yeah, yeah Albert Pujols is done. This is his last year. You're not going to see him again. Uh, you know, I don't uh, – whoever, wherever he finishes off his career, you know, it's a swan song. But, you know, the Dodgers used him perfectly. They used him to his strength, which is against left-handed pitching. Uh, they put him in off the bench to pinch hit. They let him start a few games at first base to stay fresh, keep his – legs young but but the biggest thing is they offered him an opportunity to play in the postseason again for the first time in seven years and I can tell you from speaking to him these last few weeks he's absolutely loving it he's like a little kid again playing little league back when it was just all about the fun of the game and playing for your teammates and your friends and enjoying it and I would tell you If if the way he reacted to this postseason, if the way he performed in this postseason, you know, I think he was the oldest player in MLB history to have not one, but two multi-hit games. I mean, he had two or more hits in one game twice already this postseason. I would say he comes back and plays one more final year. And I think the Dodgers would be interested in bringing him back. But I think some other teams would be interested in doing that, too, like the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think the fact mm. of the matter is that there is a possibility in Major League Baseball, in the National League, uh, where the Dodgers and the Braves are, not the Angels, that they will add a universal DH. That means a designated hitter next season in 2022 in the National League. I think that if that's the case, that will open up Albert Pujols to a lot of teams. So I think he'll go one more year and he will try to sign with a contender. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was a one, one final year deal with the Dodgers.
2: Nice. Love that detail. Love that detail, Michael. Um uh, i have got to go to the NFL now. i have got to go to the NFL. You're right there in LA. And I want to talk about Matthew Stafford yep. playing quarterback. Are you happy with that um trade off with the Lions and and sending oh, I've got the old quarterback's name. I've lost my mind here, but Matthew Stafford going to J- Jared uh, Goff. LA Jared Are you happy Goff. with that? That's it, Jared Goff. Yeah. Are you happy with that?
4: Yeah, and so if there was any indication where fans needed to get one final look to see are you happy with that or not between Matthew Stafford and Jared mm. Goff. It was that game on Sunday at SoFi Stadium, which guys, when you come to America, let me treat you out to a game at SoFi uh, Stadium. It's the most beautiful sporting venue I've ever great. been to in my life.
1: 5 oh, 5.2 billion dollars.
4: Man. So it better Yeah, the best money can buy for 5.2 billion. Uh, but anyways, you, you'll have to check it out. It's, a, it's the most amazing stadium I've seen. But I was actually watching that game yesterday, Sunday, from uh, Atlanta Live, right outside Truist Park where the Braves play in Atlanta, on some of the amazing screens there. It's a very nice area in Atlanta, right outside the stadium, restaurant shops, uh, shopping, everything you can imagine. So we're watching mm-hmm. the game there. And I turned to a friend of mine who, who's also from Los Angeles, was also there covering the Dodgers-Braves series. And I said, Jared Goff's going to throw not one, but two interceptions in the final five minutes of this game because that's the Jared Goff I knew for the last yeah, five years yeah. in Los Angeles. Guy who's great guy, one of the nicest guys you'll see, and something that's not talked about about him is he was so great to the community here in Los Angeles with his time, with his money, with donations, with, with holding events to raise money for charity and for, for the youth here in Los Angeles. So he's a great person. But down the stretch, when the lights were the brightest and the stakes were the highest, Jared Goff would inevitably welt and melt down uh, and and yield like a flower in some of these things and just wilt away. And sure enough, as you watched, Matthew Stafford throws the go-ahead touchdown. Jared Goff comes down, throws an interception, comes down a second Uh, time, throws a second interception to seal the game. And that's all you need to see. Uh, and, And just from watching Matthew Stafford these last seven weeks, he makes some throws as far as the angle of his arm, side arm, no-look passes, that Jared Joff just, just, just simply can't make and has never been able to make and probably will never be able to make. So not only did the Rams make the right decision and were justified by that by that win on Sunday, uh, they're looking like a Super Bowl contender and potentially a team that could play in their home stadium in the Super Bowl in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium this year.
2: Mate, you're covering all sport, and I want to ask you another question about... Um the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But i am got to go to the Lakers quickly, quickly to the Lakers. What's going on there? Dwight Howard trying to scrap, oh, and, uh, Anthony, Anthony Davis. What's going on? Are they, are they still a threat in this league or, or are they just too old?
0: That's a
4: great question. We're going to find that out, I think, here over the next month or two. Um, Patrick Mahomes, definitely not too old. Uh, not sure what's going yeah. on. I think he's just getting dinged up. But I'm telling you right now, don't bet against Patrick Mahomes, he will come back and he will be in the playoffs Mm. and he will have a very good run with the Chiefs. I don't know if they go back to the Super Bowl. There's a lot of good teams there, but he'll make a deep run, promise you. But as far as the Lakers... I don't know if it's necessarily age. You know, look at Carmelo Anthony scoring 28 points uh, on Sunday night, becoming the ninth leading scorer in NBA basketball history. I think he's the oldest player on that team. He's two years older than LeBron James. So if he can go out there and score 28 points, he's saying age is just a number. But what I think is happening right now is when you add a superstar like Russell Westbrook and a particular superstar who has a – I'm going to use my Liam Neeson quote, a particular set of skills, right? When you have a guy like that who's a triple-double machine, he's got to learn how to play with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, yeah. Carmelo Anthony. They have 11 new players on that roster. So since, since, since the beginning, they've been preaching patience with this team, and I think ultimately we do have to be patient with them. I do not like what I've seen. Yeah at all, from the start of the season, from the preseason, and they barely squeaked out that win against the Memphis team that was hungry. You got John Morant, a player who's up and coming in the league scoring 40 points. Uh, He's going to be a superstar for a long time, but I think you just need to give this team time to find out how they want to play, what's the best way to win, what's the best formula for success, who's going to get the ball down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and I can tell you this, and you saw a little bit of it on Sunday night, when Anthony Davis is healthy and playing at his best there is not a player in this league who can stop him
2: mm. Mm, I love it I love it mate I've, I've traded Russell Westbrook and bought Josh Gideon's for, in my fantasy league team so now, appreciate your time Michael J. Duarte from America NBC LA we appreciate all your insights mate very very good thank you very much
4: Thanks, anytime Michael. guys anytime I love you guys love the Kiwis thank you
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, what a legend, mate. That was so insightful. we better get off anyway. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We are nearly t- time to cross over to Smithy, but we're counting down to the New Zealand Cup. 0800 150 is the Kenardshire phone line throughout the week and the next couple of weeks. Why don't you give us a call and tell us your favourite Cup Week memories today. It's all about tear to Love.
4: Stars of the turf. But it's up up to Yark our Shark.
2: Champions of the track. He's the best in the land. Sunday Sun won it. The best to ever pace. And once again, Lazarus has arisen. And the calls will never forget. He's an equine masterpiece! He's fearless! This is Bears and Izzy's New Zealand Cup week countdown.
3: Well, we're counting down to New Zealand Cup week each day on the show for the next two weeks. And with 13 days to go, well, in 2013, it was the icon. Terror to Love saluting in his third straight New Zealand Trotting Cup and what many consider the all-time Cup performance.
2: Terror to Love leads. Chris and me fly like an eagle. It is still Terror to Love. He's going to do it. It is the greatest Cup win of all time. Terror to Love beat Fly Like an Eagle. Chris and me, the gold cap of Ricky May has won the greatest race you will ever see.
3: Yep, the gold cap of Ricky May. I was there that day, and it was quite an unbelievable performance from Terra to Love. Well, the ever dependable and quite brilliant Ricky May was in the cart that day, and Terra to Love. Well, she shocked the track after blowing the start and, well, outstayed the best paces in the world to win his third straight cup. Ricky, well, he's been good enough to join us this morning on Baz and Izzy to for breakfast, and we're going to reflect on what an achievement this was. Good morning, Rick.
5: G'day. How you going? Good.
3: Good. Good, mate. Do you get a bit emotional hearing that commentary and remembering back to that day?
5: Yeah, it was an unbelievable run, wasn't it? Um, yeah, not many horses can do that, what he did, but uh, he was such a great horse, he's, Certainly did a super
3: job. Yeah, what happened there at the start with him when he did miss the kick? Was there he just something he didn't pick it up that day, or what was what was the go?
5: Um, yeah, he was always he always was pretty safe. He wasn't a, um, a fast beginner or anything, but he always um, sort of did things right. I don't know what happened that day. Um, He did it one other day as well, but, uh, yeah, it's unusual for him to do that. He had to do it in that race too. You think uh, (laughs) after doing that, you got no show in a New Zealand
3: Cup. Yeah, I guess it's all part of the romance, though, wasn't it? Because, crikey, uh, the performance from that point on was pretty amazing. I remember I was actually on track that day, mate, and the crowd was phenomenal too. It was almost like everyone was just in awe of what you and and Terra to Love were were able to achieve. Uh, That was your seventh New Zealand Cup win. How hard of a race is is it to win?
5: Oh, I know it's um well, when you're young, you think um you know it'd be a dream to win it, and I I'd say every uh driver, professional horseman in the country would um that's the all to win that race because it is so hard. It's a grueling two mile, and uh, you've got to have a very good horse to win it, and uh, you know to win seven of them is a bit of a bit of an honor, really. I I never thought I'd ever get near that. <laughs>
3: Oh, and mate, just just tell me a little bit as well. Tell us about what what was it in your mind that the, I mean? You've you've ridden and uh, driven a lot of horses over the years. What was in your mind that made Terra to Love so special?
5: Um, yeah, well, I mean, um, he he never felt a special horse in the plumery or anything like that. Like he um, felt pretty ordinary, really. But um, he uh, he definitely um, um, looked after himself in a race and that, and uh, you know. Um, the cut before that, um, I don't think I've ever in my life because he never really um, things never went really his way. But I think you know he coming around the last bend. I've never had a horse travel so well. You know he only needed a run and what he got. But uh, yeah. Jesus, he 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 could travel when he wanted to, and you always knew how good you were going to go. And he seemed to be very good over two miles. Mm.
2: Hey mate, it's it's Izzy here. I just want to talk to you about the crowds. So this year is the first time in and forever that they haven't had crowds at Cut Week on in Eddington on Tuesday night. It is a special day, special moment. Um, how much of a factor will that be leading into the Cup for the horses, for the for the drivers? Ah, uh, they'll probably be uh, getting a lot of lift from from having crowds here. Yeah.
5: Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's um, that's a real buzz when you get twenty five thousand people there. Um, yeah. You know, I uh, I think it's going to be sadly missed. To be fair, I, I think it's just just like you know, you playing on a rugby test and get no crowd. It's uh, you know, there's yeah. no atmosphere ever. So it's pretty mm. boring without the crowd. I can tell you that.
3: <laughs> well, no, I'll tell, tell you what wasn't boring. That was that was about eighteen months ago when I mean, you, I don't know whether you enjoy talking about it or not, but. The day that your heart stopped, it literally stopped at the Omakau races while you were driving. It was, it's pretty amazing now to look back and, and think what you've been able to, to be able to, how you've been able to bounce back. But just tell us about that day and, and what it what it what it meant to you to to be able to come back from that.
5: Yeah, well, of course I can't remember a lot about it. To be fair, <laughs> mm. I remember I I got a ride down that day and um, and I really I know I uh, won race three with um Mate Jones's horse and uh I can't really remember a lot after that to be fair. I can't remember anything. And uh you know, um I didn't know what was going on of course but uh until I got told everything about it. But uh yeah, I've I mean the first uh, six weeks was pretty tough going, but after that I come right and uh just back to normal really.
3: Well, thank goodness for that, because it's great to have you back out there, mate. You've obviously brought up your three set three thousandth winner since then as well. And we wish you all the best. We really appreciate you joining us here on Bears and for breakfast and, and reminiscing about that uh, that amazing achievement of Terror to Love and and all the best for the New Zealand Cup week, mate. Yeah, we'll need it. <laughs> I haven't
5: got no Terror <laughs> Love to <laughs> drive. Yeah, so you're funny. a good
3: man. Thank you very much, Ricky. All right.
5: Wish you well. No, thanks,
3: thanks Good very much. Stuff. Yeah. See you. Well, there we go. Ricky May reminiscing about that wonderful New Zealand Cup performance of Turtle Love back in the day. And we look forward to the New Zealand Cup week coming up soon. What else is also coming up soon is the great Doyen, Ian Smith. We've got sleep yeah. on it with temper coming up shortly.